Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the man in the fantasy football finals, Mr. Matty Key. How did I get there? I don't want to talk about it. And we're also joined by James Key. Hello, James. You know, life is funny, man. You feel like you got things all figured out, and then you don't. That's just how it is, you know? You feel I or all week I'm like, I'm gonna fix all the audio issues on this and it looks all pretty and even before the show we're like, Yeah, it sounds great. Eh. Incorrect. Uh that's it. the way she how she goes. The ghost the of John Panette said nay nay. You know, as <laughs> uh the very intelligent Ray from Trailer Park Boys would always say is fucking way she goes. Way she, she goes. goes yep. Sometimes she goes and sometimes she doesn't. And it's the fucking way she goes. <clears throat> That's the most East Coast thing, I think, that <laughs> yeah. anyone could ever recite is fucking way she goes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, we're, we're glad that you've uh, joined us for this episode of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about today, Kevin Kiermeyer. I-K-F. NFL Week 16 recap NFL week 17 picks and what we think is the top sports story of all of 2023 all of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6 which of course is brought to you by now your treasures which we'll talk a bit more about later but first a little thing happened over the past week uh, it was called christmas and that's why this episode is uh, releasing a couple days later than it normally does but Something else also happened over Christmas, and that was the fantasy football playoffs, and uh, one Matty Key has advanced right to the finals. Beating you, apparently, and I think we could go back and check the recording. You said my team was shit. <laughs> I still don't think your team's that good. What what happened is... What, uh, hold on, hold on. If, if it quacks like a duck, moves like a duck, looks like a duck, must be a duck. If I've been in first all year... And I'm in the finals, my team must be good. Or I'm just an excellent fantasy GM <laughs> and I'm able to make shrewd moves at the necessary moments. Like picking up Nico Collins midway through the season got me a couple wins. Jacoby Myers, the week I picked him up, decided to play him, needed a wide receiver to play, puts up 14, 15 points. So you, you know are what? Pre- you're you right. are pretty shrewd, GM. I'll give you that. In terms of you're you're very meticulous. In your, in your movements throughout the year, and I even made moves just so other people couldn't. If not, like, yes, I would, you, should, you should always be doing that. So yes, that is good. Like I picked up um, both the Jets and Broncos D last week, so you couldn't get either or. And I saw you try to make a waiver claim on the Broncos D. Sure did. So and I knew <laughs> that your backup plan would have been the Jets probably. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take both. So Dustin can't have either. So you know what? You're right. My team is shit. I'm just great. Mm. I would like to um, say that Sam Laporta let me down. You know, it's uh, Tyreek let you down. Tyreek Hill, you know, I got enough out of him. So it's not like it was horrible. It it definitely is not what I'm used to by his standards. So it definitely uh, hurt. I mean, Alvin Kamara giving me three points like that hurt. Josh Palmer giving me four points. That hurt. Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler had seven. It's not too bad. But, like, my kicker getting hurt in, like, the game and leaving the game, getting two points out of kicker. You're like, well, fuck. 
Like that's that's a problem. So there well, was like other things that could have contributed and like I could have done this and I could have done that. It doesn't may matter. May I remind like, you that you wouldn't have even had to play Maddie had I started Chris Godwin. That's I would true. Be- that's, yeah, that's too bad. That's very true. But like it also helps that, you know, someone, you know, midseason drops DK Metcalf. It's like, you know what? He's going to be a good bench player guy. I can slot in to get me some points. And yesterday he had projected 8.3, but he got 11.6. So that's a good pickup there. But like, I just don't understand. Yeah. Do you know who that person was? Who uh, Honestly, I just got to say they got to probably be the most inept fantasy GM I've ever seen. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what? That's what hurts too. Because it's like you dropped him. So I got him and he beat you. (laughs) Yeah. But okay. So (laughs) even if you even if you take DK Metcalf off your team. And then put him on my roster, I still would have lost. So it's yeah, not like it made much of a difference in that respect. Like I ended up losing by like forty points. So it was like, well, okay, it's so a, take that eleven points off your roster and put it on mine. I still lose by twenty points, right? Well, it doesn't so, help that Brandon Cooks has one of his best games of the year, and Puka Nakua went absolutely off, and you benched them both. Yeah, sure did. Um, <laughs> Puka no, Nakua had twenty four points sitting on your bench. Yep, sure did. Even the 24 points wouldn't have helped. So I kind of, it is what it is, man. Anyways, you, you know what, though? Is, is what it is. You regroup and you come back next year. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's, That's a, it's okay. Good. It's okay. Yeah. As long as we all have fun. <clears throat> oh, I, winning is so much fun. I'm going to be the most obnoxious person if I win this, though. 100%. Not even to you guys. Like, if? not to you guys, to everyone else. Yeah, if I win. Like you weren't before? I mean, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what is actually fun, though. Um, collecting Pokemon cards is actually a lot of fun. Dude, this guy oh. is full on. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's like, he is in he's the done. well. This guy is full on invested. I was getting messages over the break. Just. I was going to say, you were, I'm sit, we're sitting there on Christmas Day at my dad's for like our yearly, obvious Christmas Day dinner with, you know, my dad stepmom jim his family me my family all that shit jim turns to me and goes i've been getting messages all day like a stern straight face like they're bad i was like what's up he's like dustin's in it deep <laughs> i was like in what i was like did, did he get jumped or something downtown he's like all he says pokemon cards <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> shit. yeah last week on this show i think i had said i'm considering getting pokemon cards and now, as I sit here a week later, um, I purchased the poster collection that has the squirter, squirter, Whoa. <laughs> squirtle, <Bulbasaur laughs> what? what kind of poster Jarman. are you buying? Yeah, I was actually like, wait, are these po- like, yeah, what Pokemon cards did you get? And I got the Zandos pack, and then I got the Alkazam Zanzibar pack. Zanzibar sounds like a Pokemon. It does. It does. Zanzibar, Go. <laughs> and then I got the Snorlax box and then the Mew box. Yeah. So I have that's every like promo. Four, that's like five hundred dollars worth of Pokemon cards. It's no. uh so it's not one fifty for the premium. It's probably fifty to seventy five for the ETB, well, okay. so that's two twenty five. So two fifty so, to two seventy. So early shout out to four oh one games because they had the Pokemon cards way cheaper than they were. Like they had it almost MSRP. Whereas everywhere else you looked, it was inflated yeah. prices. 
I, I do like I do like 401 games because they're one of the only retailers in the city that will sell like I could go to Amazon, but whatever uh, that will sell the Final Fantasy trading card game booster boxes as a box everywhere else. You have to buy them as individual packs and won't sell you a box. So, yeah, a hell of a great experience with 401 games. Yeah, I'm I was looking fan. at I was looking at Walmart. I was looking at Toys R Us for the Mew Ultimate Trainer box. Where the fuck it's called? Ultimate Premium um, Collection. Ultimate Premium Collection. It was like 189, 199 in all these places. 401 games, 129.99. I was like, hell yeah. It's okay. Good. And then this and then the Snorlax box set everywhere was like 89.99. Everywhere you looked, they had it for 67 something. I was like, oh, it's a good deal. Okay. So I definitely went to 401 games and I picked up both of those. And then like some of them were hard to find. Like this the poster set that had the three starters. I had to go all over town looking for this fucking thing, but I finally got my hands on one. So anyways, I have every promo card that's available thus far. I have, according to TCGcollector.com, I have 156 of 207 possible cards. So there's still some that are uh, escaping me. Some that are like not even like rare cards. Like the other day I pulled a Caterpie and I fucking lost it. I was so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I've opened dozens of packs and I haven't got a goddamn Caterpie, but I do have a Caterpie now. So I'm happy. I got a question. Are you like an obsessive personality where it's like when you get into something like this, like you're in? They have to see it through. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even say I am, but for whatever reason, this is just scratching the right itch. Okay, just curious because like I'm not an obsessive personality. At least I don't think I am. Jim could probably vouch yes or no if I am, but I don't really think that I am for stuff like this. Like I enjoy things, but it's not like I'm like twitching and I crave and I gotta do it. But like, I don't well, know. the thing is now, now like I've only gotten packs out of these boxes, out of these promo boxes. So okay. now that I have every promo box, I don't see myself buying another pack ever again. So like, you're not gonna go and be like, oh, this booster box that has like potentially two of the cards you're missing. Well, the booster bundle is hard to find now of that set. Like you can't find those at all. Um, no, they were they were like I think it was like five or six packs for like forty bucks. Um, hmm. they're impossible to find. So the only way you're going to get packs of this is in premium collections or the elite trainer boxes, which are increasingly getting harder to find. The The premium collection price was really good. I might actually go get one, but um, <clears throat> if they still have them at that price, because I think it's the best value for as many packs that are in there. It's 16 packs. Yeah, and if you value them at about $10 a pack, it's good. Plus there's the promo cards, all that stuff, so... Oh man, the promos are awesome in this uh, ultimate. Yeah, the Mew, the Mew Altar, the ultimate. Mew Illustrator art is amazing. <laughs> ultimate Premium Collection, or the fuck? Um, yeah, there's a Mew card that's like a metal card. It's really cool. Yep. And then the alternate art Mew is really cool. So yeah, there's there's reasons to get it, but now it's to the point where, am I going to just randomly buy a Snorlax box one day and rip open nine packs? I don't know, probably not. But I can you see that being go, a will possibility. Will you order the singles? Well, that's that's the next road I have to go down. Now, how do I get the rest of the cards that I missed? TCGplayer.com. Uh, this I'm is shipped. now it's becoming I eBay. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll 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 see where it goes from here. But um, I think I'm near the end of the road of this adventure that took me a week, <laughs> and now and now that's it. You think? Uh, what, you about you, what about you guys? What is, uh, has your holiday been like? Kids are exhausting, man. Like. This is the first Christmas I had with a kid. It's not like she does much, 
but man, she just runs around and there's so much going on and she wants to go to one thing and the next thing. And you know, it's just, it's, it's tough, man. It's so tough. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. My friend's got like four and I'm just like, bruh. His kid just motors too. doesn't want to be held to anything. Just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. She's like, I don't know where she got it. I don't know why she's like this, but like, she's just got to chill. She's got nowhere to go. She's got nothing to do. She's got to sit there and play with paper. That's all she's got to fucking do. But no, she's like, I got to run down this hallway and then I got to run and see this person and make a face. And then I got to run and smile and pretend I'm going to come hug somebody, but then turn around and run the other way. It's just, it's nonstop. Uh, We had a family gathering where our cousin, (laughs) who the guy sailed, I don't know where he started. I must've been in the U.S. somewhere because he moved there, sailed to Barbados, then hopped on a a three-man boat, by the way. Like a three-man sailboat. He sailed to Barbados. Then flew from Barbados somehow to Collingwood, Ontario, and drove two and a half hours to Port Hope and surprised us on Christmas, which I think is really fucking cool. Yeah. Dedication right there. I just don't know who who sails on a (laughs) three-person boat. Like, it was it was pretty cool because we're sitting there and then like everyone was there pretty much for a couple hours at that point. And then we just hear a knock at the door and someone walk in and he walks in and we're just like, holy shit, what are you doing here? And yeah, and like, I thought the sailing. Here. Yeah, I thought the sailing thing was like a ruse to make us think that he wasn't going to be there or anything. But like he was like, no, I sailed to Barbados on this three man boat. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. He's like, very like adventurous like that, though. Like he's. He hikes a Very lot, like, I think, and yeah, he's like a woodsman, you know. Yeah. And he, he looks, looks like, like a woodsman. woodsman. Yeah, yeah. He's got like so. the hair tied up, longer hair. He's got it tied beard. up. He's got the full beard. He's tall. Loves flannel and yeah, knitted loves, sweaters. Yeah, like high collared knitted sweaters. So you know you're a woodsman if your collared, like, if your sweater that's knitted is like a turtleneck, because you got to keep warm and safe from the creatures. Yeah. yeah. This guy is is definitely staying safe from various fauna that exists in the woods. Yeah. So, but yeah, cool to see him. And it was, honestly, I almost prefer snow at this time of year because driving in fog and rain at like in the dark at seven o'clock at night is not fun. Yeah. It is. It's because it, the family thing was in Port Hope. And I don't know what it is with the 401 out towards Oshawa, but why is it always right at Salem Road? It just likes to be like, hey guys, we're just gonna stop and see fucking Oshawa for a minute. Everyone takes a break. They're just like, yeah. we need to stretch our legs. <laughs> you know, it's and it just slows stupid. down and for no apparent reason. Because you look on the other side, nothing happened. And it's both ways too. So you're like, what the fuck? Like at this exact spot, everyone takes a break. It's so fucking weird. It's like the Bermuda Triangle, the 401. Like everything yeah. just happens there for no reason. So very, very odd. It was it was good though, seeing family and whatever. And then I grabbed you know, Arby's. Obviously. Oh, did you do it? Did you go? Oh yeah. I grabbed Arby's on the way back. Because they're one of only like three Arby's that exist in this province now. There's one in Port Hope, one in Oshawa, and one in Brantford. Oh, there's one in Burlington too, so there's four. I wonder why. Don't, don't, don't start even. with me. Yeah. Arby's is awesome. They have the meats. If you if you, you have know, it like once, twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I don't think I've ever had Arby's in my life. And the negative the negativity I have towards Arby's is a hundred percent from The Simpsons. Yeah, ooh, Arby's. 
It's like, no, it's like, it's like, oh man, I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. I can eat at Arby's. Whoa, Whoa that's hungry. It's, <laughs> it's, you know what it is though? It's a very odd mix of the roast beef, the cheddar, the sauce on the onion bun. It's just, it is quite good. Yeah. I'll tell you who does like Arby's is Bill Waters. <laughs> I mean, I vaguely remember this being a part of the radio show back in the day. Him talking consistently about Arby's. I used to intern on that show and there was days where he sent me to like back when there was an Arby's downtown, like he would send me across the street to get him like three roast beef sandwiches or whatever the fuck it beef was. Beef and cheddars. It was beef and cheddars, yeah. yeah of, course of course it's beef did, and cheddar. Of, Why would you get anything else at Arby's? Who hosted that? Was it Merrick? When I was there, the Bill Waters show was hosted by Greg Brady. Wow. wow. That's a name. But yeah, yeah he's he used still to be with Jeff the, Merrick. He's still radio like, in the city too. Who is Bill Waters? No, Greg Brady. Oh no, he does. He does six eighty, doesn't he? Or six forty? I think six forty. But yeah, yeah. Whoever listens to radio, but like Greg I remember is still Bill there. Waters <laughs> calling Jeff Merrick Jeffy all the time. Well, so I think that was when. So in the Bill Waters show was in the evening, but they also had Leafs lunch in the afternoon, and that was like a one hour show just from twelve to one, and that was hosted by um, Jeff Merrick. So that would have been when Merrick and sometimes Bill Waters would come on the show for whatever reason, if there was a, a reason to have Bill on the show. So, mm. so yeah. speaking of Jeff Merrick, Jim and me used to listen to the law on Sunday nights every night. Of course. Yeah, we yeah. all did. Okay. Do you remember the guy that called in and always called Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I don't at all. <laughs> no? no, that's such a big thrill. I do. And it like it still drives me nuts to this day because he'd be because like people would be like yeah and they would always be trying to be polite and correcting him by repeating Lesnar's name to be like yeah Lesnar this and Lesnar that after he'd be like I think Brock Lesnar shouldn't and I'd be like oh buddy like people who intentionally pronounce people's names wrong drive me nuts mm. like I it, it I just think it's one of the rudest so how did you, you ever sit do? through Coach's Corner. Bro, I used to get so tilted hearing like Lusik, Dami, and it was, or God Angel forbid. Love. Yeah, exactly. Trying to pronounce these European guys' names, it was, like I said, you'd be told. Zero effort. <laughs> yeah. Like if Deadpool is maximum effort, Don Cherry on Coach's Corner was zero effort. Dami go the corner, punch my guy. This is a pretty good, pretty good impression. <laughs> that is pretty good. I think honestly it was intentional with Don, but and it, yeah. it drives me nuts. I just think it's the rudest thing you can do. It sure is. Yeah, that's why he doesn't anyway. have a job. <laughs> that's why he's unemployed. <laughs> no, because well, bit of a oh, well, we won't go there. <laughs> so, anyways, you went to Arby's, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. No, um, holidays was good, man. Kid, it's all about it's about the kid. Um, she was way too spoiled. There's not enough room in this apartment for all the shit now. Um, you know, I, um, uh, I'm, I'm like buried deep in like the miniverse. I don't know if you've heard about this miniverse is like these little surprise things you open and it's got like food and you put this food together with resin, like, so as like a bonding agent. And then you have this thing called a miniverse kitchen, which you got for Christmas, which has a UV light in it. And then you set them. So like they cure and then they solidify. So it's like little mini bowls of ramen little sundays so like little easy ice cream ovens. yeah it's actually kind of cool but she gets frustrated because you have to be really meticulous with this stuff to put it together like it's very 
um, requires a lot of patience. So Tedious. we do them together, which means I end up doing them and she enjoys the finished product. But it's fun. We sit there together and we enjoy it. It's cool. Um, they don't have to serve any purpose. They're kind of like for display after, but it's kind of neat. Yeah, but that's part of it, right? Yeah. It's the, the journey, we do not something. the destination. Yeah. yeah. And like even last night, we yeah. went down to the card shop, hung out for a bit, then sat down at Starbucks and she it was her. She's got this weird thing where she's like, can we just go to Starbucks and talk? She's five. <laughs> she just wants to sit <laughs> in a Starbucks and, and just enjoy like the company, which I think is really cool. Like we went last night at like five o'clock. And it was like dark out, so we we walked down the street like in the dark, and it was kind of raining. It was a cool moment between like father and his daughter. So um, that's the kind of stuff that made the holidays good. Yeah, I think it's cliche to say, but loser. it's time with <laughs> it's time with your family that all is yeah. really matters. You know what though? The it's just like a side thing. That's probably because like during lockdown, she literally just hang out hung out with us. That's right? also true. Because so during her formative like developmental period, it was adults. Yeah. And just talking to her like that. So it's kind of accelerated or probably had like the odd change of what she might be into or the relaxed being able to just sit there and be like, oh, let's just sit and talk at a Starbucks. Like an 85 year old dude in like Nepean, Ontario being like, we're having a town meeting at Tim Hortons at nine in the morning. (laughs) And that's kind of what we do on this show is to sit around and talk. And one of the things that (laughs) one one of the reasons why we do is because of of support from our great sponsor. And this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV and video games. Source from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. I wish um, a, a, another company, uh, Blender, list, uh, was shipping the way these guys ship. Because these guys will actually ship you stuff when you order it. <laughs> I, I'll let you know that. Uh, view the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Um, we should probably briefly mention uh, the Dodgers made another signing. And yeah, it was a lot of money. <laughs> it was uh, $300 million to Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who has not pitched a single major league game in his life. And it may not matter. Like, There's been plenty of guys who came over from Japan who did not play anything in the United States and they were successful like a U Darvish. Um, Otani. Like a Shohei Otani. So like, <laughs> it's not like it's unheard of. Yeah. But it's just funny. When you look at the numbers, you're like, yeah, the Dodgers have spent a billion dollars on two players. So who's more hated now? The Dodgers or the, the Astros? Mm, so, okay, that's a good question. I, I was thinking would... about this and I wanted to ask you guys this. I was going to type it in like our discord a couple days ago after the signing, but I was like, you guys want to save it for this because I had the thought. And I, I think I said this in the other one, like the bigger one where I don't want any of these guys to get hurt. I just don't want the Dodgers to succeed. And then that's what prompted me to, to think who's more, who wants 
who do fans want to see fail more, the Dodgers or the Astros right now? Well, I think there's recency bias in a lot of these things. And like a lot of those Astros have moved on to different places since then. So I think there's less heat on the Astros than there is on the Dodgers. So I'm going to say the Dodgers, but I think fans need to realign where their hate is going because the Dodgers aren't doing anything illegal. Like all of these things that they're doing is allowed in the collective bargaining agreement. So Which, wait, there could very well be another like strike MLB strike coming because of all this shit. Right. Like they have grossly uh, used this clause to their advantage and considering how blatant it is. And again, it's not against the rules. Like it, it specifically says there's no upper limit to the amount of money you can defer on a contract. So if you don't know, if you don't know what we're talking about. Shohei Otani is signed a 10 year, $700 million contract, but so much of that, like a large, per, well, yeah, a large percentage of it is being deferred to 10 years after his contract, technically playing contract expires. So it's so that he can pay less tax because he'll be back home in Japan. There's plenty, yeah, plenty of beneficial reasons as to why they're doing for it. For everybody. Uh, the tax, the tax yeah. is certainly one of them. For the Dodgers' perspective, it's great for them because they can then go out and get another guy like Yamamoto and give him, you know, whatever it is, a, a year that he's getting. So it gives ever the Dodgers more flexibility this in the short term, and it gives Otani tax benefit in the long term. So it so makes sense. You guys are smarter than me with this. Why don't just all teams do this then? And That's I, oh, exactly what I'm getting at. <laughs> and so here's the thing is I understand why maybe teams that don't have as much money like the athletics don't do this, but a team like the blue Jays who one of the richest teams, if not the richest team, arguably in the MLB. Cause they could easily do this because blue Jays still have budgets that the, the corporate entity has to adhere to and to forecast your budget a decade from now to, to build that in is something that I don't think they're comfortable with. When you look at the Dodgers, like they're only baseball, I think, right? Like the Dodgers are owned privately by somebody. Like they can allocate that budget as she goes, way she goes, because like that's the only thing they need to account for. Like that, that would be the only reason that I would think of it that way is that teams just aren't comfortable if they're owned by like a larger business committing to that in an uncertain era. But I don't think it's necessarily forecasting budget because whether it's it's like when you like think of it like this, I'm going to go, I want to buy this and it's a Tuesday, but you're like, I have the money, but I should wait just in case I get paid on Thursday. So I'll buy it on Thursday when I get paid. Technically in your head, the money's already gone. Yeah, right? no, I mean, this is basically like Sezzle for, or Klarna for baseball, <laughs> right? Which, but, which honestly has killed me this holiday season because <laughs> it's like right? you think you're saving and then it's just like fuck the Dodgers to- did that's what they did they were like oh Tony we'll sign you but we're using Klarna and he was like <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> Klarna's like getting a huge yeah. bonus after because of the percentage yeah um but it's I, I would imagine it has something to do with just knowing where your numbers lie in the years that you need to know where the numbers lie and I think again corporate people who have a board of directors shareholders and stuff like that probably aren't going to approve something like that or or like because they want to see something a little more linear whereas i think if you're a privately owned team and again i don't know if the dodgers are privately owned or or whatever i would imagine there's a little more comfort in in doing that knowing that you're like no nothing else or nobody else is on the hook but the la dodgers 
even if it's corporate, it might be just the fact that it's the LA Dodgers, similar to like the Leafs, regardless if the team's good or bad, you know, you're going to be making money. Right. I think the average, I think Dodgers home game is brings in something like, what is it like $80 million just on ticket sales alone? Because the average Dodgers ticket is something like $186 or something like that on average price and then upper lower and shit like that. So I think they're saying something ridiculous that it covers the yearly salary easily that they're not necessarily worried about it. So Dodgers are owned by six old white dudes. So, I mean, (laughs) there's, there's not really like shareholders. Like there's different stakes by these dudes that they have a company that owns it, but I don't. And again, I think there's a little more flexibility that way when there's less people and less hurdles you have to jump through to make that happen. That's just my guess. So yeah. it's easier to get six white dudes to agree than a board of directors and shareholders and stuff. And when you have other arms of a business. But that's the argument of the Dodgers versus Toronto. The other argument. For, so the question is why Yankees. can't all teams do this? So I think ownership structure is a huge part of it. But I think it's also financial certainty that is a problem for some teams. There are some teams like the New York Yankees that don't have to worry. Um, for as long as Rodgers owns the Toronto Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays don't have to worry. But then again, there are teams like the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles who don't know where their TV money is coming from, right? So although they have kind of sort of figured that out this offseason, so maybe that's not the best example to use, but there are teams in Major League Baseball that are losing Valley sports or they're losing root sports and they don't know of definitively how much or where yeah. the money is coming from, right? So it's, it's also it's a certainty too. problem for a lot of teams. Well, it's also windows too, right? Like you, you're basically committing to winning at some point within those 10 years and then giving up on whatever the years are after financially. I mean, because you, you're going to be on the hook for that money, right? So I think a franchise like the Yankees probably sees more value in being a long-term competitor than just giving themselves a – like a 10-year win. Remember, the Dodgers only started winning championships again recently, right? Like they were not even championships. The championship. Yeah, right. They won one in a COVID-shortened season. Throughout the 90s and the early, like the Yankees were were churning them out. So I don't, I think their belief is probably that, you know, they consistently won over the history of baseball. They will continue to win. Whereas the Dodgers are probably just high on a win and and want to get back there too. That, That could be part of it. You know, um, I just think the Yankees probably see more value in, in being competitive over a long period of time. The way I look at it, I think every other team in the league is saying, all right, Dodgers, you done now? <laughs> Are you done <laughs> you know, whipping your dick around? Can we all just like go on with the rest of the offseason now? Because this is getting but ridiculous. No team that's ever done this has ever won either. Like the Rangers in the early 2000s and like they signed everybody. There's no cap well, the in the Mets NHL. Just, the Mets just did it. The, yeah, the Mets did it like it, it well, traditionally hasn't there worked was, out. But the Rangers did it a couple of years ago with uh, with Seager and and Semyon, and they won the World Series this year. Like, so it didn't happen immediately, but it happened like two years later, whatever it was. So I'm sure the Dodgers are not necessarily saying. Well, they also acquired like Max Scherzer at the deadline. Like, there's there's more to to the yeah, Dodgers, the, but like when you go out and up front try and sign like everybody historically it hasn't always paid off in the highest percentage. Like I said, it worked, the, out for the, worked out for the Miami Heat. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah, there's less guys on a baseball team. The New York Rangers of the two, the early two thousands. Yes. Yeah, the hockey team couldn't do it, right? Like, They're how many cups did the the Bure, Lindros, Kovalev, Yager, Rangers win? Like they they didn't win any, right? But again, a different sport. I don't think you can compare the two really. But at what point? Or now, what's an acceptable? I guess the way I look at it is this: is well, how many teams has James Harden been on? Well, <laughs> James Harden is garbage. Um, how many World Series do they in this 10, 11 year period do the Dodgers have to win to say this is worth it? Not two. <laughs> Not three. And that's, that's what, what I mean. Saying. Like, do they have to run the table? Does <laughs> it win ten years? Well, no. Do they have to win like at least thirty percent? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the, a good point. That's, yeah, that's that's the question, right? It's what is success for this Dodgers team, right? Because if this was the Leafs, you win one cup, you're, you're <laughs> it's fine. paid off. It's yeah, paid off in well, spades. Really, think of it. Do you know how much money they would make on a Game Seven Cup Final alone? Yeah. I mean, it's capped. I think they make more in the the Leaf Championship merch that comes after. No, that's um, what I'm saying though. Is if you have a Stanley Cup, like think of it like this: you have shirts that say "Game Seven Winner," and you can market a shirt that is something to that effect. It, like, I don't think if, it needs to be Game Seven. It can be Game Four. They could sweep. It doesn't matter. It just needs you know to say "Winner." Mean, it just needs right. to be Toronto Leafs Winner. I think, you know it's what a, I mean. I think it's a Freudian slip because Game Seven Win is just so so incredibly rare in this. In this time, so. <laughs> but you you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. the money they would make on that, and you win one cup here, and they're happy. But in the Dodgers, for them, is one World Series in this ten year period justifiable for the Otani signing and the Yamamoto signing? And people are joking that they're going to sign Matt Chapman. So it's just like, is that acceptable enough? Or no, do they have no. to get at least three? I think no, because you've won ma- it without it, them. It might not matter, right? Like, there's no salary cap. Who cares? The Dodgers can spend another seven hundred million dollars. Who cares? Or, yeah, no, you know but I, mean? I like, guess true. But I mean, I mean, from a fan base perspective, like, are you going to be happy with if you're the Dodgers and you sign this guy for a decade, you sign this other guy for whatever? Are you going to be happy with one championship? But you, in sports, you don't pay for the asset; you pay for the result. Yes, but if they don't end up winning, can you criticize Dodgers management for not trying? No, no but you can but criticize you can them for allocating, putting all their eggs in one basket. But it doesn't seem like they're running out here's of the money. Thing. Of it. But, that, but, but, that, but that's the argument, right? Like if they don't win now and they've handcuffed themselves for the 20 years after, then that's 20 years of failure. Themselves? That, yeah, we no, don't but know. That's the thing. Like you don't know just because if they're not successful, it doesn't mean that, oh shit, we're fucked now. No, just go spend another billion dollars. Who cares? And defer that. Yeah. Actually, you could just defer, defer, defer. Just, just no, keep, I, keep I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you the next MLB. That's CBA that's the real crux. Be, yeah. Yeah. Cause I like I would not be surprised if you have the owners and organizations of the lower end teams a la the Oakland Athletics or Las Vegas. Um, even Baltimore. Uh coming in there and being like, This is bullshit. Yep. You know, we can't we can't compete. We can't do anything. And therefore, you know, we're not getting paid as much versus TV rights because they're not as valuable because our team isn't accessible and it has a downstream effect. So there's definitely going to be something in that CBA that I think prevents this. Dude, I would not be surprised if there's a soft cap that goes in. I hope they fucking, well, there is a soft cap. They have a luxury tax. But I mean more harder than it currently is, but softer than the NHL. <sighs> I, I, I hope, listen, the Orioles are a good team. I would love if the Orioles smacked the okay. shit out of the Dodgers. I, I, 
I never thought I would say this either, but if if it's a World Series final, Orioles against Dodgers, and the Orioles win, Dude, I'm buying I, Orioles gear. I would say, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Rushman. I'd buy his jersey, hundred percent. Yeah, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman, all of it. I don't know why it has to be the Orioles. I'm just, I what I would like to see is Jason. the Dodgers and the Yankees. They don't even make the playoffs. <laughs> like they go to the <laughs> they go to the playoffs, get eliminated in the first round or something by like the Fair. Diamondbacks, who have a payroll of you know seventy seventy million dollars. Like the entire team is getting paid, but Otani's getting paid, and they eliminate them in three. And games that's the thing too, right? Like I would I would imagine the guys they've signed and the money they spent. Like in all reality, they're speculative, right? Like we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no. But I mean, from the perspective of you don't know if Otani's going to pitch again. You don't even know what this guy looks like in the MLB. We don't even know what Otani's injuries but, will or won't allow him to do as a hitter. But you know what Corbin Carroll can do. Right. No, but like your your sports is all paying on historical, except for hockey. Hockey pays on potential, right? Like it's the difference with the two sports is is on you don't necessarily know what they will do in baseball anymore moving forward you know what they've done and you're paying them based off history in the hope that they continue to repeat in hockey you're paying on hoping that they hit their ceiling i don't know i feel like that philosophy might be used not just exclusively in hockey right no for sure and i think there's you know a couple other like even football i think is a big one as well uh, especially, especially if you're especially signing to a different team and, like, yeah, especially running backs who get oh, yeah. paid shit. And then you're not paying Otani <laughs> yeah. for his performance with the Dodgers. You're paying for what you hope he brings, or the Angels. You're paying what he hopes he brings to the Dodgers. What I'm saying is, as Dustin referenced the Diamondbacks, you know what the Diamondbacks can do based on that payroll. With these guys who have done nothing, the one guy's done nothing in the Major League Baseball, and the other guy's half broken. And I know I sound like a spurned Blue Jays girlfriend here, now tr- like dredging Otani through the through the mud, but you know, I, I would you rather have a Corbin Carroll at the price tag? No, <laughs> no. no? You I would. No, you absolutely wouldn't. Because okay, listen, Otani half broken is still the best player in the league. You don't know that. That's what he showed all last year, right? Like we. No, he didn't. He got he got shut down. He got shut down after it was after the fact. Anyways, that's not the point. I guess what I'm trying to get at is, um. Otani's one hitter and Yamamoto is going to pitch one every five days. So they spent a billion dollars on these guys and who may not be difference makers. And they, it may not make one single fucking difference considering they won 115 games or whatever it was last year. Like they won a lot of games last year. So are they, like, are, they win, are they, are they going to win 120? Okay, great. The point is, are you going to win a world series? I think yeah. that's what, but we don't know what the Dodgers idea of success is maybe selling more tickets is a success to them maybe selling more merchandising is a success to them sure. maybe increasing television rights deal is a success to them so it yeah. it all depends on i was watching this uh or listening to clips of a tony khan press conference the other day of him talking about oh man aw dynamite we've had some great shows lately and uh you know, Ring of Honor has been great lately, and this has been great, and this has been great. I'm like, can someone just in the fucking press conference just ask what this man great? what great to him yeah. means? Can someone qualify that? And Quantify. I mean, sure. Both. <laughs> both. <Do> both. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what do you, like, I feel like I'm uh, Jennifer Lawrence eating hot wings right now. I'm like, what do you, what does it mean? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about the Dodgers. I'm like, so what does, 
like what is success yeah. to you guys anyways i'll say um, this though i would rather I, re- I would rather be the dodgers right now than jay's fucking yes absolutely because since the dodgers have been around uh out here throwing their checkbook around their uh klarna checkbook around paying for everything later the toronto blue jays are, have been left to pick at scraps that have been uh not wanted by other teams, which is typically how the Toronto Blue Jays operate in these situations. I mean, and I like Kevin Kiermaier. That kind of makes me feel bad. For- <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I, I don't, I'm not even saying that about Kevin Kiermaier, honestly. So to be fair to Kevin Kiermaier, I didn't think he would be back for a couple of reasons. One, it sounded like Ross Atkins was okay with saying see you later. Like at that end of season media availability, Ross had made it seem like, all right, so we've lost Kiermaier, we've lost Chapman, we're going to move on and blah, blah, blah. He didn't say that specifically. I'm just saying that's the vibe I got from what he said. And when we started to rationalize it on this show, we were talking about like all the guys who were gone in the offseason, who we think is going to be back next year, who's not. I think the consensus was Varsho became Kiermaier. When you look at Kevin Kiermaier, you said, okay, we have a fantastic defensive center fielder who's a left bat, who doesn't get on a whole lot, and he may get some hits here and there, but he's not doesn't have a whole lot of pop. He'll hit some home runs, but he's not a big-time bat. He's just a great defensive player who's okay at the plate. And Varsho, you're probably hoping, is going to have a bit more pop in his bat, and he was going to also be good defensively. But what ended up happening was Varsho ended up being just as good, if not a little worse than Kiermaier at the plate, and was just as good defensively. So in my head, I was saying, okay, so Kiermaier is gone. Varsho is your new Kiermaier. He's just another left bat who's average or below average offensively, but above average defensively. And then you go find someone else for left field, a left bat with some pop, what Varsho was supposed to be. But it looks like the option that everyone was talking about to be that left bat in left field that has a bit of pop is Cody Ballinger. But as we know, as of recording, that signing has not happened, and I don't expect it to happen now that Kiermaier has signed with the Blue Jays. So again, I'm not necessarily insulting and in saying the last bit of scraps at the at the bowl or whatever is Kevin Kiermaier. I like Kevin Kiermaier. I think he adds a lot to the team defensively. I you know what, kind though? of from an offensive perspective, I was just looking it up while you're talking. Kevin Kiermaier hit 265. It was a 39 WAR last year. Well, Varsho, his war, I'm sure. Yeah. Varsho, his career war is like 33. Varsho, um, he he was a three-something war, hit like 220. Michael Brantley, for example, like hit 270-something and was like a one war. Like if mm-hmm. you compare a guy, like someone would be like, oh, well, we should go get Michael. Like Kevin Kiermeyer, I think, is a better return than say a Michael Brantley would be. Do you know what I mean? Like, from an all-around perspective. Like, you lose 10 points on the batting average, but, like, your defensive, like, prowess is, is significantly better. And I don't even know if 10 points is worth that much to this team because it's not like these fuckers get on base. So there's something to be said about that. And the Blue Jays have been commended for having such wonderful pitching last year. And, like, oh, their starting pitchers have been fantastic, one of the best rotations in the league. A lot of that has to do with hitting ground balls into Matt Chapman or hitting fly balls into Kiermaier and Varsho where they are making catches and outs in situations where if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was out there, 
would be an inside the park home run because you'd fucking bobble it. So like the that's the difference sometimes of saying, oh, this is a great pitching team. It's like, no, it's, maybe it's also because they're a great fucking defensive team. So the defense in the outfield is going to be the same as it was last year. Is that a good thing or bad thing? It's probably fine if you find other ways to add offense to this lineup. Well, that's also maybe Vladdy coming, you know, not being as bad as he was last year, though yep. continuing to progress the way he did for most of last season prior to the yeah. injury. Varsho hitting a little better than he did. Then two yeah, Kiermaier hitting a little better. Um, I think it's. I think the expectation with this team is that you're probably going to suffer on that left infield defensively a little bit. But what you're hoping for is that on the offensive side, that what you saw last year wasn't the average, but more of an anomaly for some of these guys. Yeah, and I, to be honest, you're right. Like if the left infield, you know, and you have Varsho, a guy like Varsho backing him up, your pitching is good. You assume that. Vladdy's season was an anomaly. Um, you know, Kiermaier delivers again. If Kiermaier delivers what he gave us last year, then it's, I think it's money well spent. The real addition would come in the form of a DH that can that can drive runs in, you know, when we need them. And hear me out. I, I almost sometimes, and I know he had a fucking jank part of the season last year. I almost wonder if it's still not another outfielder and they don't move Springer to DH. So. I've heard this theory, and we're we're also ignoring Isaiah Kanafalefa. With good reason. <laughs> as and, we should. As we should. So all I'll say about that, and we'll get back to the actual topic at hand here. Isaiah Kanafalefa is You called it. I man. assume I called it weeks ago. They did. Months. Jokingly. Maybe for the a month and a half. Months ago. Jokingly, because I was like trying to pick the most ridiculous player on the list, and I'm like, oh, Isaiah Kanafalefa is the, just the type of guy the Blue Jays will go and get. A bat and uh, we have the receipts. There's and, messages that are timestamped. Yeah. Anyway, so I just think it was funny that they actually did go out and get Isaiah Kanafalefa. I assume he's just a replacement for Whit Merrifield. He's going to be a utility guy who can play second base. He can play third Some base. Some Yankees can, fans say he's a pretty good utility guy. Like, he's not an everyday guy, but he's serviceable. Sure. And, and like he won a gold glove in 2020. Again, shortened season, but he will offer you something defensively. He'll offer you nothing offensively. Um, but he'll offer you something defensively. So, fine. Um, I guess the other issue then is, well, now they have Espinal and they have Biggio and they're all the exact same player. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so this is, what, this is what I'm getting at here. So, there's potential, as you're saying, James, that a DH outfielder possibility. A lot of people are saying, listen, Bellinger is still possible because if the Blue Jays do what they did last year, and they gave Vladdy a day off and used him as a DH, or gave Springer a day off and used him as DH, or whatever catcher needed a day at DH, they moved that catcher into DH. Maybe this is the same approach they're going to take this year. And I'm not saying it's going to be Cody Ballinger. It's probably Michael Brantley, to be honest with you. They find an outfielder, and they just rotate him around DH. Springer's DH one day, and Brantley's in, in right field. And then Springer goes back to right field, and Brantley goes to DH. Or if it is a Cody Bellinger, that would be ideal in a sense that you can play Bellinger at first and at left field or right field. And then again, Vladdy goes to DH, Bellinger goes to first, and you just keep rotating them around. So it's not impossible because of the Kiermaier signing that Bellinger's off the table. I think he's off the table because the Blue Jays aren't going to pay him. But I mean, from a personnel perspective, 
it's not impossible that they're going to still bring in another outfielder yeah. to rotate around the DH. Would yeah. I do that? No. I would have Joey Votto on this team as a DH just because I want to sell Joey Votto jerseys. That's it. Uh, like at this point, we're punting on the season and saying "fuck it." Let's just sell as much uh, Joey Votto merch as we can, and that—that's a the, joke. Uh, obviously, they also didn't like. I think Jorge Soler's still out there. He's a right-handed bat, but would be an incredible option at DH if this team wasn't littered with right-handed bats. So it's—I don't know. Do they give up on the idea of like we need to have a left-handed bat? Uh, I don't know. But I think here's the, here's the other possibility though. With the addition of IKF. You now have, like I just said, Espinal, Biggio, and IKF, who all kind of do the same thing. They're super super utility guys. You can play in a lot of different spaces, and they're not a whole lot offensively. Biggio showed a lot of promise near the end of the season, though, so maybe he's turning the corner. He might be the starting third baseman on this team, honestly. But maybe that means a Biggio is a trade chip. Maybe that means Espinal is a trade chip. Maybe they'll be packaged together with Alec Manoa. Maybe that's the flexibility they needed to make a trade for a Ramirez, to make a trade for Tatis Jr. Who knows what Ross Atkins has got cooking right now. So I guess all I want to say is, would I have signed Isaiah Karpalefa? No, but it gives them some versatility and it's only December. Maybe there is more to come in this whole situation. There certainly has to be. Because if you look at this lineup right now, there's no way they're starting the season with what they have. Or at least I hope. I mean, I feel like the Jays are going to go out and be like, look, we signed Joey Gallo. He's going to be our first baseman slash DH and swap with Vladdy. Like, I wonder at what point do the Jays give up on Vladdy being first base and just say like, look, we're just going to exclusively play you at DH and we'll get a left-handed bat first baseman, and he'll be the everyday first baseman. And, you know, if he hits 270 and, you know, maybe 25 home runs, they're happy, and then just have Vladdy exclusively as DH. There was also this being thrown around on MLB Network earlier this week, and they were getting dunked on like crazy on social media because of it. And they're like, oh, these, these Americans don't watch the Blue Jays. They don't know what's going on. And they were suggesting to move Vladdy back to third and then find a first baseman slash DH. And listen, it's not ideal, but Vladdy's got himself in much better shape. His arm is still great. I mean, if you want a gold glove at first base, I'm not saying he's going to be gold gloving third baseman, but it's not like he's shit defensively. I'm just saying it's possible. It's and different, I though. Think of course, it's different. Oh, totally different. It's a completely different position. I was going to say, stretching out to save Bo a wild throw at first is different than a 140-mile-an-hour liner coming to third and having to dive for it. Yeah. No, I get it. No, it's, it's a different type of defensive prowess. I understand. But he's not a slouch. Like, no. people just say, oh, Vladdy sucks. Like, no, what? No, he's... He'd be an average third baseman, I think, or slightly below. Would you rather have an average... Vladimir Guerrero at third base than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at third base? Well, if he's defensively then, more sound. But no, then... He's, he's also career 261. It's not like he's like on the Mendoza line. <laughs> right. Anyways, I'm just saying it's a, poss- it's a possibility, okay? Because then all of a sudden you have uh, Reese Hoskins at first base, right? So like there's there's a possibility of all these things. So there's, it's December, you know? <laughs> Lots, lots can happen. 
Lots until February when this is how the team starts and we're like, oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, our lives. To February when we're sitting here going, well, this is what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. And Marcus Stroman's back and we're all like, fuck. Except for Dustin. Well, I oh, am. Yeah. yeah, I like Marcus Stroman. And I'm also pleased to announce that uh, I got back on track this week and I picked the Packers over the Panthers. And of course, that was correct. But close. And something else. It, it did actually get really close. <laughs> I remember like the uh, the Panthers scoring a touchdown like in the fourth quarter. And I was thinking to myself, why are they going to celebrate? This fucking game's over. And they just kept scoring. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <No, that's laughs> this <why>. is <laughs> this is a problem. Uh, but what remained the same, James uh, was incorrect when he picked the Cardinals over the Bears. And Maddie was incorrect when he picked the Broncos over the Patriots. So unfortunately, That's right. my attention was focused on winning fantasy. We're OK. Yeah, I, I got you. I understand. Um, that brings our score through 16 weeks. I have 15 out of 16. Correct. James has eight out of 16. Correct. And Maddie has 500, 10, baby. 500 baseball. 10 out of 16. Correct. So that means no one can catch me at this point. I have officially won the uh, survivor pool that we have going. But just for uh, completion's sake. I picked the Rams over the Giants this week, mainly because the Giants look like they're in disarray. Tony DeVito yeah, I, getting benched. Tyrod Taylor announces the starter. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter in this game, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be entirely honest with you. Uh, the Rams are favored by four and a half currently on the road in this one. Uh, James, what are you picking? Uh, I don't even remember. Who did I say? The Bucks. I'm Bucks picking the Bucks over the Saints. Because the Bucks I think, over the, I think Saints. the NFC South is up for grabs. And I think the Bucks need to win to get in. Also, Baker Mayfield didn't look bad last week. You know, there is a real conversation that should be had for Baker Mayfield to be the Stop. MVP. No, I don't even know. I knew. No. And this is coming from a Baltimore guy. Okay. No, and I know. Like Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, fuck Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts. But to Hurts, their team. Maybe. Like if it was if it was like the NHL, the most valuable player to their team. I don't McCaffrey know, or Hurts. Well, okay, but... Christian McCaffrey can be the best player on the 49ers and they'll still get stomped by the Baltimore Ravens. But if but if Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield is, is not player, playing on that team. <laughs> no, but I'm yeah. saying if Baker Mayfield is the best player on the Bucks that night, the Bucks are winning that game. So yeah. I think that is I think that's why quarterbacks are always looked at as being the MVP candidates. Even though I'm with you guys, I I think it should be Tyreek Hill honestly. I don't think any player has been better than Tyreek. Christian unless McCaffrey hits, is another great answer, too. Unless he hits 2,000 yards, I don't think he'll be in consideration. He might not be. And that's just kind of the way the NFL goes. They usually pick a quarterback for that. I'm just saying it's, Baker Mayfield stupid, has yeah. a lot more passing yards and passing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson, who is now, I think, the consensus number one MVP. As of right now, um, that could change by week 17, week 18. Someone could have incredible games and change everything. So who knows? Oh, so six nothing Canada in the third against Latvia, but are we surprised? <laughs> no, no, we are not. Uh, Maddie, who are you picking? Uh, week six, Raiders uh, over 17. Colts because I got to go with the team that I haven't picked yet. So, <laughs> and since uh, they Raiders, got a new coach, they've been half decent. The Raiders did actually beat the Chiefs last week, so it's not impossible. So, when does Kansas City change their name to the Swifts? I, I think there's that, a Swift really. curse, pal. You know, I, ever I since Kelsey went to Argentina. Do you think that maybe either A, he got some weird parasite there in Argentina, in the food, like in the guac? Or do you think like, hypothetically, say it's the Super Bowl and the Chiefs get there. Do you think they tell Taylor Swift? Absolutely not. 
No, absolutely not. They, no, the NFL would be Swift, like, please. They, yes, they would be on their knees begging Taylor Swift to attend the Super Bowl. Are you kidding? Um, but yeah, what happened? What happened with the Chiefs? Why can't? Why is Mahomes not good anymore? Why? You know, is it? Is it? Look at and this is again. Look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has jabronis around him, and they still find ways to win. Listen, the Rams uh-huh. have an incredible defense, right? But Lamar Jackson, they, they find ways to win. They find ways to score points. The Chiefs have now secured not winning the division. And Mahomes has jabronis around him and can't play plays and now is all of a sudden becoming the NFL's number one like whiny bitch player. What happened? Like where did it go wrong? Again, man, it's it to me it just screams how incredible Tom Brady and Bill Belichuk were. Because it is really fucking hard to win every year. And maybe this is, this is just it. Like teams are catching up to them. Teams yep. are figuring them out. They they know what the offense is now, and they know that down. Kelsey's the number one option, and the wide receivers are uh-huh. mediocre at best. And Kadarius Tony, who yeah, right, is like I don't even know if you can call someone a wide receiver if they don't receive. Like you can't <laughs> if you're you don't catch a ball, you can't be called a receiver. So yeah, so I think it's it's a mix of they know that offense goes through. Kelsey um so I think their plan is to say and I think it came out a couple weeks ago like Kelsey doesn't even run roots it's just hey he plays tries to get open and then yeah he looks for him so it's okay you either just say look one guy like one safety covers Kelsey just shadows him the whole bring in a second guy for double team if necessary um you know so I think they know that, that if you stop that, you're essentially cutting half the offense at their legs. Hey, Trav, make sure you run the route. Route? I don't run routes. <laughs> <laughs> I just go wherever I see open space. Find me. He's he's Will Ferrell in semi-pro. So like, I'm just going to go <laughs> rover, coach. And yeah, just start yeah rover. That's, yeah. that's it. Um, if you were to put $5 on this parlay that we just built, it would be a $25 win. That's not bad. I might do this. It's not bad at all. Um, of course, don't take our advice as real betting advice. We are not sponsored by FanDuel, although we should be. Um, speaking of uh, FanDuel, though, I don't know if Because we would have... be giving them a lot of money without having to pay out. <laughs> I actually won a bet this weekend. I don't know if I told you guys about this. No. I'm trying to pull it up on their website. Are you are you the guy bucks. with the 14-leg parlay for five bucks that won 500 grand? Dude, I wish. Dude, I can't win a six-leg. <laughs> I know. I, this guy I throws down that. 14 legs. So okay, I'm gonna throw 14 legger this week. <laughs> it's not. It's never a bad idea. So I actually did something not quite as ridiculous. It was similar in that I did a five leg parlay, and it was similar. It's one third. I'm not done. I did a five leg parlay, and it was tougher. Similar in that it was anytime touchdown scores. So I did David Njoku, who scored a touchdown, Ty Chandler, who scored a touchdown, Jonathan Taylor scored a touchdown, DK Metcalf, which I was very <laughs> um, happy and mad about at the same time uh, for anytime touchdown. And then, so all four of those worked out. And the fifth one was Jahan Dotson. And I was like, Ugh. it was the fourth quarter, and Dotson hadn't caught a single pass yet. I'm like, this is not going to happen. No, so I took the so I took the cash out. 
So on a $5 bet, the cash out was 84 bucks. And Dotson did not end up scoring a touchdown. So great. Smart had move. he did score a touchdown, I would have got $900 instead of the eight. So like, you're looking at your ticket and you're like, oh, I could wear 900 if they just throw a goddamn pass to Jahan Dotson right now. Or you could buy but, some yeah. more Pokemon cards with that 84. Or I could justify in my head spending money on more Pokemon cards. So that is what we call boy math. I justify my sports betting. I do a lot of boy math. Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's just quickly uh, fly through. You know, we don't need to go through last week's NFL scores. What we should do um, next week coming up. Actually, you know what? We were going to talk about something else. So let's go to that. Week 17 in the NFL, it's coming up. Great. Um, at this point, there's no fancy implications anymore. There's only betting implications. So no, fan, Fantasy for me. Most no. of the playoff stuff's no. kind of sorted itself out. What we want to talk about quickly, we have a few minutes left here. We're trying to make this a quick episode. What is your, of all the things that happened in 2023, and there's been a lot of crazy things, what is your top sports moment in your mind, something that stuck out to you, as the most impactful thing that has happened in sports over the last year in 2023. Um, James, do you want to go first? There's a lot of like, again, I don't want to do recency bias. Like, dude, the obsession with the Otani flight was wild. Like, I'm, I was like, potentially going to use the, this one too. Yeah. Yeah. Around the US, like it kind of, you know, because we could say, other things, I don't want to steal everyone's thunder, but a lot of them are localized. And I'm trying to think of, you know, things that aren't necessarily local. Um, but the Otani, like, flight tracking, I think was unreal. And and the implications behind it. Like, when we talked about, like, the conspiracy theories that might have some legs to them, like, the whole orchestration around it is just... I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. Like, even from the deferred payment, like, everything. Like, Klarna, like... Then fucking Herjavec walks off this fucking plane. The guy happens to be a client of Otani's agent. Like, it's just so fucking weird. So when I think back, like, that one sticks out the most to me. If I had to give, like, a runner-up, <laughs> maybe Lee fans chanting, we want Florida out in Maple Leaf Square and then getting dummied by yeah. the Florida Panthers. You know? Like, you win one playoff series in, like, 20 years and try to call your shot and then look what you get for it. So I don't know, man. They, I mean, it's gotta be that. You know that, what? That's a good one. Just quickly. I'm just going to roll through because I have ever, written down every show topic we've done over the past year. If you look in January, some of the top stories that we talked about was Cristiano Ronaldo going to, oh, that, um, yeah. you know, another part of the world to play soccer, which was crazy. Tom Brady retired at some point this year uh aaron Rodgers, i mean signed with the yeah, the, the jets, the jets. Yeah. we had the provorov issue that also went into like other players saying they don't want to support um you know lgbtq plus things and that led to the oh, whole dude. nhl banning the team canada junior stuff with sexual assault that was this year wasn't it? Uh-huh. and then what else we got here we had um uh, Wander Franco, who's missing? They're gonna start Wander Franco books. is currently missing. They're yeah, going to start making books. Wander Where's Franco. Wanda? Where's Wander instead of Waldo? And they're, you know, it's what? Be... every week until he's found, you need the Unsolved Mysteries music. To play <laughs> For updates. Wander Franco. 
<laughs> Dude, I swear to God, I bet you wherever he's from, I don't know where he's from. Where's Wander books? They're coming, and if they if someone doesn't make it, they're missing out on a payday. The I'm looking at March of this past year. World Baseball Classic. Remember when we yeah, had Japan oh, dude, versus Mike, Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani? That was that was this year. Classic. Like I know what one of my big moments was, and I don't know if this is just kind of like leaning into something that whatever. But like, man, the hype that Dion brought to Colorado, like oh. prime time no, that Colorado, that's massive. Like the influx of money that dude brought in through that to Colorado. I think they said like local businesses shot up by you know like ten thousand percent dude he fired an entire team (laughs) yeah you pretty much said like like, you're all here too bad you're gone you can try out but you're all gone so like to me that's one of the biggest ones because you know what it did it it brought i honestly think in some circles it revived college football yeah i'm looking at may of this year and that was when Kyle Dubas got let go by oh, the Toronto shit, Maple that, Leafs. That's pretty big too. Nick Nurse was fired from the Toronto Nick Raptors. Nick Nurse quit four, four weeks before that. Brad, <laughs> Brad Trilliving was hired. Uh, Mike Babcock was hired and then fired the next week. <laughs> I forgot that even happened. <laughs> um, Shane Doan was hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Darko Ryakovich came in as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Anthony Bass was, oh, yeah. uh, was doing Anthony Bass things and he got booed. And then I remember uh, that, dude. what happened to yeah. that guy? He's doing he uh, baseball seminars for money or something. Yeah. In June was the first time John Morant got in trouble, I think. <laughs> Who is now back in the NBA and is doing like uh, gun fingers when he dunks the ball, which is fucking, which is fucking hilarious. So, hey, you know what? Lean into it. Whatever. Uh, what else we got here? This is just, and then I guess as we uh, get further down the list into July, then we started talking about Matt Murray, and I guess it's not a huge story, but you know, LTR, it's still a yeah. Toronto thing. It's a uh, topical. And we also like uh, from a not a great moment, but uh, Rodion Amirov passed away in August, which was a crazy story. Adam Johnson. Yep. Skate with the skate blade and like changing the game for a lot of people. Right. And so for me, as I'm just scanning through the rest of this year, and there's so much stuff here. But for me personally, I think the biggest story is uh, CM Punk returning to the WWE and it's and this actually goes into my shout out as well. So I, I may save some of this, but it's just crazy to me how many people have no fucking clue that he ever worked for AEW. Mm-hmm. So for, for the majority of people, they're just like, wow, this guy's back, back from the first nowhere. time in 10 years. From nowhere. <laughs> yeah. He's come out of nowhere in the past 10 years. So um, it's just completely. So, I mean, just wrestling in general has completely changed and taken. I shouldn't say changed, but has Dude. become more popular this year than it has in a long time. And changed. I think. Fucking Tanahashi is now the president of New Japan. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's crazy. But I think what um, is not just exclusively CM. It's certainly not exclusively CM Punk. But we had the merger of WWE and UFC this year, 
Mm-hmm. And the business changed from that regard. Then we had Bad Bunny show up and wrestle in Puerto Rico in April or May, or whatever Paul. it was. Logan Paul is the WWE United States champion. So you add in the Logan Paul stuff, the Bad Bunny stuff, and I think that starts creating this. The Rock showed up <laughs> just out of nowhere one week. It's well, John Cena. John Cena came back, worked a regular schedule. Yeah, the the actor strike created a whole bunch of turbulence there that brought a whole bunch of wrestlers back, right? So it's it's been a wild year. It's fun to look back and see some of the crazy stuff that went into it. Next week, we're going to talk about our Maddie, predictions. What was, what was your biggest? takes? Deion oh, sorry, Sanders. man. I thought, oh, Deion yeah, Sanders. you said oh, the answer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, next week, we're going to talk about what we think is going to be our uh, hot takes. Hot takes of 2024. And you hot know what? Let's just let's takes. just take let's just take Leafs winning the cup off the table. You mm. know it'll be one of ours, or we'll joke about it. We get it. No, it is it's disqualified. Yeah. Okay. And then the we'll Jays is right. The Jays making the playoffs. <laughs> With IKF being the MVP. It's gotta be somewhat realistic. So let's uh <laughs> let's yeah, let's not say Maple Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. But before we get out of here, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's a segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run with the World Wrestling Federation. I'll go first because I kind of touched upon it a bit in our last segment, but yesterday, so we're recording on the 27th of December. Yesterday was Boxing Day and the WWE did a house show, not just in Baltimore, but they also did one, like they're doing two on the same night, which is fucking crazy. Um, They also did one in New York City in Madison Square Garden and sold the place out for a a live event. Records. Non-televised. Yeah, it's like a record gate. (laughs) Sold out 16,000 people, whatever it was. And the shout out goes to the Madison Square Garden staff. And I know a lot of buildings do this. I know the Scotiabank Arena does this for when certain acts come to town and they give them a gift. Um, They gave a gift to CM Punk. I don't know if you saw this. And he opened the gift and it's a plaque that said first match back with WWE in 10 years, whatever. And then it's like a silver ticket looking thing. And it says sold out Madison Square Garden, World Famous Arena, all that. It just looks so fucking cool. And that is, I always wonder about stuff like that of like, who on staff figured that out of, because I know if you work for an arena, you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily a wrestling fan or you're not necessarily even a fan of every single act that comes through that door, right? But the fact that they knew the history behind that and presented it to them, that's, I think that's really cool. So shout out to whoever made that decision at Mazda Square Garden, the facility there. The mystery individual. Right. James. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, I'll go next. Uh, my shout out is to Brees Hall and I'll tell you why. Oh boy. You, have you seen this stat? Uh, no. That I'm about to reference? In <laughs> the right, NFL, for, for running backs that have had 95-plus yards receiving and 95 rushing yards in a game, the leader is LaDainian Tomlinson, who it took him 130-some-odd games to get there. Brees Hall has two of these in 22 oh, that's games. Pretty, 
That's pretty good. This man is going to smash that record in the next few years. He may next week tie Latanian Tomlinson on th- like tomorrow, on Thursday. He might tie him. Who knows? But that's incredible for a guy who's also out with a torn ACL. And he had a really he had two touchdowns last week, so my shout outs to Brees Hall. Because in a you know, we talked about running backs and stuff. It's a really hard position to play in the NFL. To have ninety five and ninety five twice in twenty two games is crazy. Yeah. Regardless of allegiance, I think, you know, looking at stats like that and like accomplished things uh to that degree, it's always pretty cool especially when they're so tough to do and not many have done something Dude, three games Ladanian Tomlinson yeah for sure so uh I kind of have two mine just goes out to all of the you know retail workers over the past holiday season because I think we all know the shit they go through and the bullshit they got to deal with and certain people not being respectful or for sure like everyone I think we've seen how they get treated sometimes and, you know, shout out to them for essentially just keeping it going without murdering somebody. <laughs> um, but my other one goes out to uh, Sidney Crosby, oddly enough. Um, so there's been some, I guess, features and stuff that have come out uh, the past couple of days about him. Notoriously private guy. You don't really hear shit about Sid, uh, which is good on him. But uh, Tyson Berry was telling a story about how, um, uh, during the world championships one year, um, Barry's agent, and I might be paraphrasing a little bit for time, but, uh, Barry's agent sat down to sat down with Sid and said something and I forget what it was. Uh, but it was in relation about how his agent worked for team Canada and he was sitting next to Crosby at one of the biosteel camps. Um, his name was, uh, Boehner Pettinger and he'd just come out as gay. They were having a conversation and mentioned that pride warm up jerseys were pretty cool, right? To Sid. Um, so then what was it? A couple, some time later, Boehner's just walking in, sitting down in his condo, gets a call from the concierge says, Hey, you have a pretty big, heavy package here. Um, can you come down and grab it? It's hard for us to move. So can you get it now? He's like, yeah, sure. goes down and gets it and FaceTimes Tyson Berry after he gets it and opens it in tears and tells him what it was. It was a pride Jersey from Sidney Crosby autograph that said, you know, proud of you, Boehner, for coming out and stuff like that. And it's just for stuff you don't really hear um, about Sid, you know, a lot of athletes grandstand some of the shit they do. And he just does it because he's a good dude. And um, he, it's just it's cool to hear stuff like that from top athletes in the world and shit like that. And it kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, I guess, hope for professional athletes in the world. So. Mine goes out to Sid. Yeah, it reminds me of the segment on Pat McAfee's show called Hockey is Awesome or something to that effect. Yeah. And uh, and it's awesome for reasons like this because there's guys like Sidney Crosby who are the absolute definition of a professional when it comes and, to... And like class act and just a yeah. good human. Yep. You know? Doesn't have to do that. He could have been like, hey, man, proud of you. Cool. Yeah, they're cool. And walk away. But that he took the time to think about this. Be like, hey, I'm going to sign this. I'm going to send it to him. Just say proud of you and things like that. Like to others, it might seem like whatever. But for a guy whose time is all tied up and could easily be distracted and a million things going on to do that, that's pretty cool. So. And we know it's a busy time of year and we want to thank you for taking time out of your 
busy schedule to listen to a brand new episode of 43.6. We'll be back next week and we're going to talk about our bold predictions, our hot takes for 2024. You're not going to want to miss that. We'll see you next week. But until then, what do I always say at the end of this episode? <laughs> I don't even know what it is anymore. Make sure your pets are spayed or neutered. There it is. Yeah. Help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs>